Hello and good day, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Magic the First Pioneers Podcast. This podcast is all about the Pioneer format, and we keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world of Pioneer. I am your host, Kevin Finkel, joined here by my co-host and a special guest. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan, the Japan hobbyist out of the Yokohama area of Japan, and our special guest is... Hey, it's Martin, a.k.a. Harry13, your go-to Pioneer grinder. It's been a while yeah, since we, we had We him love on. having you on the show. It has been a bit. I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's been a little while. Like it's good it's good to be back. You you've got me a good time. Like I was um recently I spent a little bit of time, like a little bit of a backseat away from MTG just for a couple of weeks. Um, I have still been playing, like since the, the new format, I've still been playing a reasonable amount. However, I was um doing some job hunting. I was uh, wanting to change uh, jobs and fortunately I managed to find a new new job recently so that's good just kind of um getting you know everything in place and waiting for the start date and stuff like that so yeah i've been pretty busy so, with so that you did, it's good to hear that so you did get a new job yeah i got a new job working yeah. for the I'm doing it for the, the fire service in scotland so nice. yes so congrats thanks very much yeah it's a good gig it's just the, the a step in the right direction next stage of my career i'd say so yeah, but I did, it, you know, I was kind of fortunate, but, you know, you know what it's like when you're job hunting, it does take a lot of time and, you know, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't play magic on, on a daily basis when I, when I need to do stuff like that. So, but now I'm back, I'm back. So like you, you and Amit actually both got new jobs. So maybe I should yeah. say congratu- congratulations to Amit as well. Yeah, I yeah. Guess. He's been super busy as well. Like, um, we're obviously on the same uh, team, same Patreon, you know, we normally spend a bit of time mm-hmm. on that, but we've not been able to spend as much time recently on it just basically due to that just having to focus on you know career-based stuff so that yeah mm-hmm. so but now, now, now we're both seem to be back or i'm back and it will be back very soon so it's good it's good you want to introduce our topic here ryan yeah sorry i keep on jumping on your your hand there kevin um no not a problem <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I thought, you know, it's like, what, a week into the new meta? I think, uh, Martin, you were saying that it's been live for about uh, a week now, the uh, Crimson Vow. Is that correct? Yeah, I believe so. I believe it was live since, like, last week weekend, yeah. Last weekend. During so, the pre-release. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So well, it feels longer, yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. Like, MTGO kind of blesses us, like, really early, early access, you know, and we can play the cards mm-hmm. from basically the pre-release, so... Yeah, it's been live live for just over a week. But yeah, feels longer. So, um, yeah, today's uh, topic, I thought, you know, we could just talk a little bit like, a, you know, about a first look at, you know, these Crimson Vow cards, these Crimson Vow decks, how has it changed? But also, maybe we can kind of wrap up the, the Midnight Hunt. Um, uh, how can I say the Midnight Hunt meta as well? So that's why I wanted to kind of get your... Your inputs on that. I know you played quite a bit, uh, maybe like the first month of Crimson. Shine Crimson about Midnight Midnight Hunt. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, I played I played um, up to probably the a week or two before. I think a week before then. I can't remember. I think a week before the end until probably like some of this week. I, I took like a little bit of a break. I still played like the, like a challenge and stuff like that, but I stopped playing weeks. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I played I played a lot of um, Midnight Hunt and that format, um, which mm-hmm. was definitely interesting. So we have a, a couple results. We have the big Pioneer Showcase, which I want to say is from last week. During yeah, the yeah, was last, it two weeks ago? Uh, last week. Last week. It was last week. 
And then also there was a 103-person paper pioneer event in uh, Osaka. I thought we could quickly take a look at, and then they would just in general talk about like what what the leagues have been showing over the last week or so, and what kind of new cards have shown up. Yeah. So, Kevin, would you like to kind of lead us off then and maybe talk about uh, the list that showed up in the Pioneer Showcase? Yeah, so the Showcase is definitely what I wanted to focus on. And uh, a lot of decks, um, a lot of Phoenix. I think that's kind of the place we need to start is that um, nothing really new in Phoenix particularly. So I have been seeing some lists playing the Flame Blast Bolt. Usually if they were playing, um, you know, obviously if they were playing uh, before the... I've already forgotten its name. It's 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 gone from the meta, the magma spray. Um, yeah, but now yeah, they're playing yeah. the flame breast bust bolt. Um, other than that, I haven't seen much change as far as new cards. But I do feel like a lot of innovation came through on Phoenix near the end of last season, and we're continuing to see the trend of it being an extremely strong deck right now. So uh, pieces of the puzzle being a four of standard in that deck, um, one to two temporal trespass being a standard in that deck. Um, th- those are the things I've really been seeing, and mostly now focusing on just Arc Like Phoenix and Thing of the Ice as the creature base um, for pretty much all of these lists in the top 32 here. Yeah, I w- I'm kind of want to ask why Temporal Trespass showed up, or why why it's become like a a, a mainstay now. Can either of you guys uh, explain? Um, basically, like it's just like a very good um, it gives you. A very good card against like grindier like long game decks like i think it's quite good in the mirror as well like having like access to galvanic iteration like allows you the you know because temporal trespass the mid to late game can be very mana efficient you can literally just cast it for like three mana and potentially um copy it twice with a galvanic iteration so mm-hmm. like i think that's probably one of the main reasons why it's in the deck um yeah it's it's an interesting one. Like I'm still not hundred percent sure. Like I've not played much of this iteration of the deck. Um, mm-hmm. You know, most of my gameplay of Phoenix was during um, Crimson. What was the last one? Midnight Hunt, where like the Midnight lists, Hunt, yeah, Midnight Hunt, yeah, yeah, Midnight Hunt, where you know I only played like one, one to two copies of pieces of the puzzle, and I played like Crackling Drake, and then like my cyber plan was kind of like kind of similar ish like having like jace on the sideboard and using that as an alt win con etc and probably like another planeswalker maybe a ral but yeah definitely didn't i didn't ever think we'd be playing less than four treasure crews i mean the card's insane but you know there <laughs> yeah. is you know the deck becomes quite vulnerable to cards like narset and um what's it called like uh gold blank like gold blank was just played an obscene amount um Personally, I think that card's really overrated, but people still thought playing like three to four copies in their deck was valid, which is fair enough. Um, but yeah, I think like they're trying to go um, basically the deck's trying to focus less on like card drawing and having like more of a balance um, to tackle like decks that are trying to hate the, the deck out. Um, because like playing forward treasure crews, you were especially weak to cards like rest in peace and as I said, like gold blank, etc. Yeah, and I think that part of what the Temporal Trespass is doing is it's giving it an I-win button, especially for those later game matchups like you were saying. So previously the deck would rely on something like, okay, I'm going to play Crackling Drake and either give it haste that turn, and then that evolved into Crackling Drake plus the ability to fling it at the opponent's face. And people kind of got used to that. They're like, okay, I'm safe. Um, I just need to hold up removal for Crackling Drake. Like, you know, if I'm a blue-black deck, I can hold up 
fatal push and a way to crack it and i'm always going to be safe from that combination and this kind of gets around that so that you know the opponent's even a little bit tapped out you can you know play temporal trespass to be the last thing to flip your thing in the ice and that just kills them from anywhere yeah and i think um also like the trespass gives you a way to beat lotus more a little bit better like i felt like lotus like i always felt like you were a turn too slow but um Using cards like Temporal Trespass gives you the potential to like attack and then attack again for a potential lethal, mm-hmm. especially with like Thing and Ice, because they don't really interact with your creatures much. The Lotus, you know yourself, would like they try and just combo off like a turn before you have them dead with decks like Thing and Ice, uh, decks like Arctic Phoenix. So, yeah, I think that's potentially why it's there as well. Is it a surprise to yeah. you, by the way, that Lotus combo actually made, or sorry, that actually won this event? Um, it isn't, it isn't. Like, I think Lotus for me is always one of these decks that lurks in the shadows. And if the, the format becomes too kind of like mid range, like focused, then Hidden Strings can kind of come out of the woodwork. But I always think like decks like Hidden Strings um, are kind of like a little bit inconsistent. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, probably just fall prey to decks like burn too often and i think burn is mm-hmm. becoming more and more popular because it's has like a decent phoenix matchup and a like a decent control matchup like it just feels like it's reasonable like decks like john citadel etc aren't really in the format heavily they can't really pray mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it burn just doesn't really have any like major predators right now like vampires isn't really existent i mean it made one copy in the top eight but like Apart from that, like there's no other copy of vampires in the top thirty-two. Um, I feel like the deck's fairly well positioned, um, despite no copies in the top eight. But uh, that that will probably change. You mean the mono, uh, the burn? I think burn had like what two? I think at least two in the hundred and seventy person. Um, uh, what was it God of Pioneer event a couple weeks back and. That's why there was, like, no Phoenix. Because, like uh, Kevin was saying back when we talked about it, he's like, Burn preys very well on Phoenix. Um, you know, any of those decks that are still I, say that? I don't yeah, think... Not, maybe, not, maybe not well, but I think you said... I forgot what it was the other decks. Um, things like Winota, uh, Burn, and what was the other good matchup against Phoenix? Spirits, I think. No, I don't think Spurs. Yeah, yeah, I don't think any of those are, are favored, at least. you know, And that's kind of part of what I think Phoenix is so strong right now. And you know, I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about Phoenix this episode. Mm. Uh, but that is something I've felt about Phoenix, is that they have so many tools in their arsenal that there's not a very good way to hate them out specifically. Like mm. aggro, sometimes that's good, but sometimes you know, thing, in the wall, thing in the Ice and Sweepers can really uh, stem that. You know, Sometimes Discard is good, but other times if they've got a, a you know, Treasure Cruise... Are quite Phoenix draw like that's not very good. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes going long, they've got answers to that. So it, it really depends. Like they, they're a very um, resilient deck that doesn't have a lot of heavily unfavored matchups. Yeah, right? like the issue, the issue, the 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 core issue with the Phoenix matchup for a lot of matches, a lot of um, decks is like you can beat the Phoenix plan, but then like a lot of decks can beat the Phoenix plan, but then just lose to Thing and Ice. Like a lot of the removal in these decks are aggressive, are red based. Therefore, it's very hard to like 
have like a, a removal spell that just cleanly answers Thing and Ice. Like a lot of them are playing like three damage spells or stuff like that. So like cards like Thing and Ice really thrive in those environments because um, I think basically with like the addition of Consider means like they can you can consistently flip Thing and Ice like so much quicker now than you used to before. Like realistically, mm. like everyone like caught the deck's called Phoenix, right? But like the main card in it for me is like Thing and Ice. Like Thing and Ice is what gives the deck that um, extra power. Um, and like I played, I played a lot of Phoenix over like the past few months. I mean, you know me, like I'm a, I play blue black a lot. And even at one mm. point, like last format, I was like, nah, like I need to just play Phoenix. Phoenix is so good. It just, mm-hmm. it just felt on another level. And I, and that is like when people were playing a considerable amount of hate. Like one of the main issues people have is they think cards like Rest in Peace and stuff is like the answer to the deck, but like it's kind of like Inverter when people try to go all in and answering the combo you didn't really need the combo like the combo was just like like a powerful aspect of the deck like with phoenix it's like yeah i mean the graveyard's a great resource like a great like way for us to exploit a lot of our cards but like it's not like the be all and end all for the deck you can play Mm -hmm. a fair game quite well as well and that's like one of the things so so, so you're going pretty deep on, uh, you know, you just compared it to Inverter. Um, I, I know we'd wanted to talk this towards the end of the episode, yeah. but maybe I'm going to have to just move it up here. Sure. Is <laughs> do you think that the ban word needs to be discussed about the Phoenix deck specifically? You know, I think what would we say it was uh, 12 copies in the top 32 here or something like that. Um, yeah, and that uh, of this showcase challenge. Yeah, and there was there's like you you'll see it since Midnight Hunt. Like it's been putting up ridiculous numbers, like four copies and like challenges mm-hmm. and like. A lot of the time, like quite consistently, it's like four copies, what, three copies in the top eight here, and then like five copies in the top 16, six copies in the top 16, and then like... Mm-hmm. Uh, Another six in the top 32. Yeah, like it's just... The deck's just too, like... It's too consistent now. Like consider, like I told... I remember I spoke yeah. about this before on the podcast, like consider will result in the ban of like the Dell spells. Like I definitely think that's the case. Like I'm playing considering my like... Like, cons- like being able to like consider and then like put a phoenix into the graveyard it's just oh just amazing like, yeah and, uh, it's, it's just, like it's made it's made for that card yeah like i don't think the deck is like ridiculously oppressive or anything but i just think it's just really consistent and like it just yeah it's just you can like when it's bad matches like consistently enough that like you don't really feel that bad if you know what i mean like I'm struggling to think of matchups that are like really tough for Phoenix. Most of your bad matchups feel like kind of difficult, but definitely winnable. Um, so, do you guys support a ban, and what would the ban be? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the two questions that I was exactly going to ask. Is do you feel so right now? Is it a wait and see, or is it a let let's look at banning something? And if it were up to you, how do you think would be the best way to tackle nerfing this deck? Because um, I've definitely got some opinions on, like, my preference would be to do something that makes the deck still function but weaker, um, as well as something that wouldn't hurt too many other decks. Uh, and if possible, it would make it more vulnerable to having those bad matchups. So if you could take one piece out and, you know, the deck's still functionable, but it's possible to have a, you know, a 70-30 matchup against it, that would be my preference. Yeah, I mean, I so think... I'm gonna... Oh, sorry. Let me go. I was going to say, I'll... I know you guys will probably talk about banning but i want to play the devil's advocate and say now no bans uh, i'd say i'm going to wait and see and you know we have thalia we have uh, archon and amiria and some color couple of other other white hate cards that could do well against it with uh 
you know, white kind of starting to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, push itself into the meta. So that's my uh, my take. But yeah, yes, please, you guys go deep. Uh, I'm glad to hear that, though. And I think that that is, I have heard that a lot. You know, I think talking with a lot of Magic players, I have mostly heard the, like, people leaning towards not wanting to see a ban. But, um, you know, I think it's to be determined. Yeah. Uh, so I want to hear what uh, Martin has to say. It's kind of similar to, like, the Inverter Eater in terms of, like, I always thought, I always didn't, I never really wanted Inverter to get banned, but... Um, it's kind of similar in the sense that it's not the same deck obviously like there's arguments like arguably Inverter might have been even more powerful but like I feel like Inverter was like somewhat subjective to hate whereas this deck is very much like maybe the actual power level of the initial game plan isn't as high as Inverter but it just seems to like the deck flows like consistently like um, it's kind of hard to like it's like other cards like expressive iteration just gave the deck like a lot more consistency in terms of hitting land drops uh, along with consider mm-hmm. like another cantrip that was just like immensely like like powerful like obviously like consider kind of pushed it over the edge because it just allowed you to play eight one mana cantrips that made your thing nice is so good um i think i think the the main one is like treasure cruise i think treasure cruise is probably like I mean, the card's just ridiculous, isn't it? Like, Treasure Cruise alone is just, like, too powerful for magic. Um, I would... I'd like to see a ban on, like, cards like Treasure Cruise. Um, Deck for Time, probably, I guess, would probably go as, like, being a very similar card. I don't know. Maybe it would stay. Um, I, I'm not, like... I'm not, like, on the... I'm definitely on the fence of bans. Like, I definitely can see arguments why it shouldn't be banned, but I think if, like, people wanted to see a change, then, yeah, I would say, like, Treasure Cruise is probably the main culprit. I don't think... So you, you to... see... Mm-hmm. So you see the card advantage and not, the, like, so much the uh, graveyard enabling or anything like that as the problem. Um, It's a bit a combination of the two, right? Like, I think the issue with Treasure Cruise is in the grindier games... You know, when you're going to, like, a kind of... I don't know, say, like, you're playing against Arcanist, right? And they've got you on the ropes, like... And then you just, like, hit a treasure cruise off the top. And then it's just, like... Oh, well. Mm-hmm. All, all your work done. Like, just Ancestral Recalled. Um, mm-hmm. You'll hit two more spells, and then it yeah, you back, you, and you've got more, yeah, so like, more cards. Th- there's situations where you just go treasure cruise into expressive iteration, into another iteration, and then you've got, like, five cards in hand. And you're like, well, that was fun. Okay. Um, yeah, we've also been saying that a big thing Treasure Cruise does, and I don't think it's just Cruise. You know, I feel like it's Cruise plus the pieces of the puzzle. It makes the deck very strong against things like Discard because it's just so easy to redraw your entire hand, especially yeah. if you're putting things into your graveyard for you. Yeah, and I think, like, as I said, it's all these, all these, not to, not to, like, use a pun here, but all the pieces of the puzzles, like, all the pieces, like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? All the pieces come together, like, it's like, yeah, it's like, the cruise plus expressive iteration plus pieces of the puzzle you can just like the deck used to be kind of bad at mulliganing now it's just not i've like mulled five so many times the deck and like mm. all i needed to keep was a hand with expressive iteration and it was like completely fine oh yeah yeah okay so so if you're saying probably the thing that would most likely need to go is treasure cruise do you think the deck is still playable if we just remove treasure cruise like would they put in dig or more temporal trespass do you think that's a reasonable deck uh yeah i still think the deck's like decent um you could play like do you do you, do you think that you need to get rid of more than cruise like mm. would you need to get rid of cruise 
trespass and dig I, i've heard that argument i just want to see your, uh, your opinion on it no i don't really like i think i think banning crews and like i think you could just ban dig for time for the sake of it just being like a very powerful guard and, like <laughs> yeah i could see that has more splash you know that would hit that would hit lotus field that would hit the control decks things like that yeah but i mean the control decks now have like memory to lose right like that that card is like really good mm-hmm. like i don't think i don't think it would like completely wipe out control like as i said memory deluge is almost like i'm not playing for dig for time on my, my control at the moment i'm playing like a 2-1 split of that in deluge um again i just think pioneer when pioneer came out like you knew there was going to be a load of bannings i'm just surprised yeah. that treasure cruise and dig for times like lasted this long like i think and we didn't have any yeah. fetch lands yeah. so yeah but like but now we've got consider we didn't have consider yeah consider consider yeah. is very subtle but it's just significantly better than opt for cart for decks that are wanting to use the del spells so like yeah i think the most oppressive del, del spells should probably go because if not now very very soon like you know down the line there'll be like another spell that like interacts or like mills your graveyard profitably etc mm-hmm. like and i think like yeah, I think I'd, I'd be happy with Treasure Cruise and Dig for Time to, to see to see the ban. Hmm. Um, How about you, Kevin? What do you think? So I, I actually, maybe I'll make the argument that I wouldn't mind seeing one of the two creatures banned. So I think that either Thing in the Ice or Arclight Phoenix, if we got rid of it, the deck could still exist, but it would have a much bigger hole in it that didn't exist before. So like if we got rid of Thing in the Ice, I think a lot of those aggro strategies would be a viable option. I also think that Graveyard Hate would be so much better against the deck because they don't just have that backup plan of flipping over thing in the ice and winning the game um you know phoenix's cast just from the hand would be a really weak win con for the deck um i also think that the other way you could go you know if you get rid of phoenix then i think removal becomes suddenly much better against the deck you know you could remove the thing in the ice you could remove something like a crackling drake that they replace it with um so both of those things to me interest me because it would give a very good way to hate against the deck and have favorable matchups um without hitting too many other lists i do think that you know, I think I, I've seen lists that don't run Phoenix that play other drops there. We, we've seen actually have people have success with those. Um, I do think that you could certainly play a version of the deck without Thing in the Ice. Um, you know, maybe my opinion would be Thing in the Ice might be the one that most has to go. You, you were kind of just saying it's, it is kind of the core of the deck. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. But that's if we really wanted to gut it. Yeah, I mean, you could just replace Thing in the Ice. It's a, it's a different card, but similar. It's like, you could just replace Thing in the Ice with the Smolder, Smoldering Egg. Yeah. I guess, yeah, like, yeah. I don't think that would be... I mean, I don't think it's as powerful because you're not... You don't have the, like, get rid of the board angle and, like, the 4-4 body is a lot more, like... It's a lot easier to interact with a 4-4 than it is with a bloody 7-8, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But, like, the Smoldering Eggs flipped ability is pretty powerful as well. Like, it's very good against control. Uh, I actually played a couple of Smoldering Egg in my previous build uh, before I, like, took some time off. Uh, and I managed to beat, like, a lot of control decks because it just gave me so much reach. Um, by the time I flipped it over, so it was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think like you could ban thing nice and deck would still be like serviceable. Like, um, it would, yeah, it'd be easier to target for sure, and would probably make it more of a just a general like normal deck in the format as opposed to the ridiculous numbers we're seeing at the moment. Um, yeah. Let yeah. me uh... Uh, and la- the last option, just uh, uh, you know, I'm not a get for it, but how would you feel if they wanted to ban one of the enablers, like expressive iteration or consider? Like for me, that hits too many other decks, mm. but um, that would be the other way they could go. I'm wondering how you would feel about that. Uh, I mean, I think expressive iteration is. I don't know why they made this card. 
Like <laughs> it's so good. It's just ridiculous. Like it's just like one of these. Like, did were you thinking properly when you made this card? Like, I'm not. I don't know. They have like, too many blue players in design. I don't know, like, because blue. The issue with blue, right, is nothing. They're never going to print another good blue counter spell, right? All the blue counter spells are are like awful. It's almost like they're trying to redesign. It's almost like they're trying to redesign what blue, what role blue plays in Magic. Mm-hmm. I don't know because, like, I, I mean, I've always said this. Maybe, maybe it's a bit of a stretch, but I want Mana Leak and Pioneer. Mm-hmm. But like, they're never going to print Mana Leak and Standard again. Like, mm-hmm. I'd be very surprised if they did that. Like, there's though at that level, like, those cards that are never going to be in Pioneer. Lightning Bolt was never going to be in it, and. Yeah, I I don't know. Mana leak is very unlikely. So it'd have to be like how they finally got counter spell in modern by putting it into modern horizons. Yeah, but I don't know because because <laughs> now looking modern, like blue yeah. control is just insane now, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like um, I don't know. I don't. We're not saying it's the right thing to do, but that's that's the only way they would be able to get it into pioneers. Yeah, if there was a pioneer horizons that ran it. Yeah. Um, I have one. I have one more ban question. If we do ban Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time, should we unban Inverter? No, <laughs> no, because I thought that was like uh, one of the biggest problems with Inverters that you know you just get rid of your yard. Oh hey, I got no yard now. Play you know Inverter, win the game. It's kind of tough, like. I really want Inverter back, but I can completely understand if people just say, like, that card... It's like Splinter Twin in Modern, right? Like, so many people mm-hmm. want it back, mm-hmm. but, like, it's almost certainly just better being on the ban list. If people feel like the format's better without it, like... Mm. I don't know. I would love Inverter to come back, but would it be fair or not? I think it's really difficult because, like, you're basically... You're not putting enough time into, like, what decks would look like, and, like, I mm-hmm. almost certainly think you could build a an inverter deck again that is like pressing on the limits of like being ban worthy without like dig for time or um treasure cruise mm-hmm. um i think cards like, like i bet you could set yourself up with something like cling to dust and just uh yeah there's you know, exile your there, graveyard anyways if that's what you were thinking using dig through time for yeah you can do stuff like that so long. and you could you know and you could still use cards like memory delusion stuff like that for like card selection etc Mm-hmm. and there's yeah. so many cards right that potentially enable you to exile your graveyard I'm pretty sure there's more mm-hmm. that we just can't think of at the top of our head um, you could just get your opponent yeah, to play rest in peace good. just get your opponent yeah. to play rest in peace and just play your turn 6 inverter Thassa's oracle combo there you go um, do you know what I mean <laughs> uh, but mm, I want inverter on ban but I could definitely see arguments for it to just stay on the ban list till the end of time Okay. Like that card's never going to be played. Okay. Anything else to Anything else you wanted to say about Phoenix or just a ban list in general since we're already on the topic? Uh, no, I'm good. I'm good. I think I think we're we we're... I mean Kethis Kethis on ban when Jeez, no. So So yeah, let's go back to that the pioneer results real quick or the pioneer Oh, I, well, I did want to yeah. say one more thing about Phoenix um just because I think that it's something maybe people I don't know if you're feeling this too, Martin is, you know, I've been testing a lot using the lists from the Pioneer Showcase because I think that these are really, really good lists. And I've been losing a lot with a lot of my brews. 
um, against them. And then I go ahead and I play a league with one of those brews and I end up playing, you know, I'll play against a Phoenix that's running crackling or not crackling Drake, but like the, uh, Stormwing entity or crackling Drake or, um, fairy dragon or a lot of other kind of variations on Phoenix. And I did kind of want to point out, you know, in the showcase, it's like arc by Phoenix thing in the ice, only spells four pieces of the puzzle, one to two temporal trespass. I feel like those are the optimized list. And those are the ones that are putting up 11, 12 copies in a 160-person tournament than top 32. And I feel like there's some people playing less optimized versions, and that's kind of making it seem like the deck isn't as oppressive as mm. it really is. I feel like at those top tables, the best version of the deck is doing so consistently mm. well. And that's why I've kind of leaned towards the pan train, um, just because I feel like this, you know, this version of the list I'm looking at looks just so good. Yeah, and I think, like... So- Maybe, maybe like, maybe like one of the reasons why the deck isn't putting up quite as many numbers as it maybe should is because like the deck isn't that easy to play, but like a lot of the mm. a lot of the top players are like consistently doing well with it, mm. um, and that's kind of similar to Inverter where like the only downside to Inverter was it was fairly difficult to play, but then like the players at Canister and stuff like that who knew how to play the deck properly were like just doing very well with it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm surprised. Like, there's so many copies of the same list in the top of this uh, showcase. Yeah. I've seen so many, like one to two temporal trespass. I mean, I seen a deck playing one treasure cruise. Like that to me was insane. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So, yeah. If you guys don't mind going back to this, you know, the top eight real quick. So I think I think that's a good discussion on on the ban list. Um, yeah, yeah. So, like we said, Lotus Combo was number one. We had a Is It Phoenix at number two. Third place was another Is It Phoenix. We had uh, Blue Black Control at fourth place. Let's uh, go. A mono red aggro deck at fifth place. Another Is It Phoenix, Phoenix at sixth place. Vampires in seventh and Enigmatic Incarnation at eighth place. I thought maybe you might want to talk about this Blue Black Control deck real quick. If you want to... I will say nine and ten were also Phoenix. Oh, were they? Okay. <laughs> Just gotta <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this deck looks pretty clean. It's pretty fine. Um, kind of similar to what I used to play. Like in terms of, um, they're playing a few less win cons. Uh, they're playing like like their win cons basically like two gear hulk and short typhoon, which I think is like fine. Like I don't think Nevmezit's getting played that much, so you don't need to worry about slot games. Um. Price like standard cards you'd expect to see in blue black like consider cling to dust fatal push sensors a couple of sinister sabotages dig for times shark typhoons playing one copy of deluge um mana base looks like fairly stock um playing scavenger grounds which is interesting might be good um the only card i would say that i wouldn't play in general is drowning lock i don't really like it there's too many dell spells um, there's too mm. much graveyard hate and this card gets a lot worse when your opponent your opponents are already incentivized to play rest in peace don't play mm-hmm. a card, another card that dies to rest in peace um, mm-hmm. words pretty stock graveyard trespasser is a card I like a lot I think this card I would I mean I'm playing three copies in my current build uh, I think the card's extremely good it's really good against like it's good against phoenix but it also has a lot of implications it's really good against like aggro strategy especially burn I don't think burn decks can afford to this two for one themselves to kill it. Um, I think yeah, or four for one if you have to double shock it. Yeah, yeah. But actually, 
I mean, that might be a good segue if you want to talk uh, about your deck and how, sorry, your current deck and how it compares to this deck. Yeah. That's okay with you, Kevin. We can, it's okay if we jump into his list real quick. Definitely, yeah. I want to see what uh, the latest blue-black control is. Y- yeah, of course. So, um, for, to all the listeners, you can you can view my list in the, the pod live. Can they access that, the pod live chat? Yeah, everyone yeah, should yeah, access yeah. pod live. Um, basically, like um, my, my list is... Like, so, imagine like your, it has all the stock cards, like your sensors, considers, fatal pushes. Um, I'm playing like... The, I'm playing like um, two Norset, two Sorin the Mirthless, um, one Ashiok, I'm playing three Typhoon, two Dig for Time, one Memory Deluge. That's like my suite. And basically, like I, I've been experimenting with Sorin and I've realized that Sorin is an absolute house. I think this Planeswalker is really underrated. Um, it's mm. so good in, uh, against like grindier decks. Um, you punish... Um, you know, it's all black, it doesn't get disputed, stuff like that. It's really good um, at providing value. Like, it basically, it's plus abilities. Like, um, what's the 2 1? Used to be really good, black. Uh, oh, Dark Confident. It's like plus yeah. abilities, Dark Confident. And it's just great. It just goes up to 5 loyalty. Often you can play it. Like, it's like. To, in terms of like Teferi in that sense where it goes to five loyalty mm-hmm. so it's not that easy to kill straight away generates your card I mean a lot of time I mean you're only paying life you know but a lot like you're paying life some maybe once in a while but most of your cards you have a lot of like one and two mana spells so you often take very little damage and then a lot of time you also draw lands and then mm-hmm. the, the two or three is just so good the two or three is like the fact that it has a lifelink as well um it's just an absolute house that like if it if it survives a turn it just generates you so much advantage that I've decided I wanted to play it as a win con over the Gearhulks. I feel like Gearhulk was getting a lot of um splash hate from the amount of graveyard um interaction that was going on. Especially like there's so many decks playing like Rest in Peace and was it Graft Digger's Cage, I guess, that gets hit by as well. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just so just like Gearhulk just Gearhulk ended up just being like way too clunky for me. Like it, um, go blank as well. Yeah, go blank, and uh, I just felt like a lot of time I was just drawing like clunky like win cons, and I was never able to like get them down on time. Whereas like Soren is like very smooth on the curve now, and it gives you like it's like really good for utility. Like it just like provides you life linkers that are very relevant against like burn, um. I'm also playing like Radiant Fountains is like two of my colorless lands to like mitigate the damage I could take off Sorn, but also like having cards for burn. Um yeah, I'm just I'm just a big fan of Sorin. Um it's just been really good for me and like playing Sorin and then sometimes you get to play Sorin into Ashiok and it's just lights out. Um my hmm. cyborg. Um I've changed my cyborg a lot, obviously, with some new cards. So basically I'm playing um Three dispute, two gust, one hullbreaker horror. Hullbreaker horror is insane against uh, Phoenix and uh, any control mirror. Like cards, just so so good. I think it's a mana too cheap, in my opinion. I think hmm. it should have been an eight mana card. It should have been an eight mana commander card, but they made it a seven mana <laughs> bomb. Like the cards, just so good. It's just like obviously seven mana, regardless of how good it is, is sometimes just a little bit slow for a lot of the matches. So that's why it's um, in the sideboard. But it's just an insane. Mm-hmm. It's just an insane mirror breaker. Um, I'm playing like one Cling to Dust main, one in the board. Two Collected Brutality. I quite like Collected Brutality at the moment. I 
a lot of people are playing Barnacle. Like it is a a way to somewhat interact, like interact with Barn early, and then like you can bring in against like Phoenix. You can bring in against uh, like Lotus. You can bring in against a lot of matches if you need to. Uh, I'm also I'm also playing three Graveyard Trespasser. I think the card's extremely good. It's such a good card to to bring in against like Phoenix and Agro. Like it's just really, really good. It's really hard to deal with. Um, two Kalitas and one Shadows Verdict. So yeah, I'm quite happy. I've like, basically like built this control deck, but like it gives you the option to like transform it into a mid range strategy mm. post board. So I've been playing playing a few leagues. I've not played any major events with it so far, but like I've been doing like reasonably well in like leagues. And I might play it this weekend uh, for the, the the PTQ tomorrow. In fact, I'm almost certainly going to play this tomorrow. Um, I think it I think it just has like the ability to tackle the format, um, reasonably well. Like I've always felt reasonably comfortable against Phoenix with blue black, especially this build. Um, I think you've just got a lot of tools to be able to answer what they're trying to do. I I always love Planeswalker control decks, so you got my my uh, my vote. <laughs> appreciate it yeah i'm i'm very i'm very happy with the list i've got at the moment i'm also playing like one copy of test of talents test of talents is insane against um lotus combo being able to take out um pour over the pages or hidden strings normally is just enough to win the game um mm-hmm. it's also you know very good against phoenix um just a very good counter spell right now and i also like basically won against blue white because i took out the fateful absence so like one issue is against blue white mm. is a lot of time they just have like loads of removal spells for your your planeswalkers but like being able to take out the fateful absences was like enough for me to win the game because they just mm-hmm. couldn't deal and then soaring alone was just a house providing a threat to tackle like any you know cards like teferi trying to minus on your like planeswalkers etc and then just going up because they just don't have any pressure to to attack the soaring so yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy with this build at the moment. Hopefully it'll be good enough. Hey, Kevin, do you have anything you wanted to say about the deck? No, I'm excited about it. I'm glad I've got a little deck tech in here. Cause I'm excited about Sorin. Happy to see Holebreaker Horror seeing some play as well. Uh, you know, new cards. I love it. We, we should have had you for our uh, brew episode because this is... Yeah. It's not, not even a brew. <laughs> this is a, this is a fine-aged wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was happy to see a copy of Blue Black... Um, in, in the showcase topic, like I felt like I always feel like blue black is a very underrated mm-hmm. archetype. Like um I think people a lot of people have been playing blue white. Um but the issue I've always had with blue white is I think the fact that you don't play like a one mana removal spell that's actually like really good um just means you're always on the back foot all the time and against aggressive strategies it's really difficult. You end up like your hands end up just being too clunky to deal with a lot of the decks. Whereas having access to cards like Fatal Push and you know Blood Cheese Force, which is basically like acts like kind of like a fifth Fatal Push, but also having some um, relevance against Planeswalkers, um, just means your your removal is a lot more efficient, and I think the deck plays out a lot smoother. Um, obviously, you don't have access to Teferi, but I, honestly, I really think Soren is the business and could be the missing link that blue black needed to play a planeswalker control strategy mm-hmm. so yeah yeah happy to be back in blue black because i haven't played blue black uh, since before midnight hunt so it's good back in blue black yeah exactly yeah, i'm go. back in blue black 
Normally it's uh, Ryan who starts singing on the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Our, what else did we want to go through? So we were going through the top eight still, right? Uh, I mean, is there anything else? You'd... Well, anything else big that you wanted to hit on at least? Ooh. Crap. Hey, guys. Sorry. We have an earthquake right now. Give me a second. Ooh. Oh. Exciting. Uh, hopefully hard. good exciting, not bad exciting. Uh, it's probably like a three or four. Wow. Jeez. Give me a second here. So, yeah, we'll just talk a minute. So as far as um, this Top 32 showcase, as well as some of the other results we've been looking at, um, I think it's also worth talking about what's missing. And you had already mentioned, you know, no Niv in this Top 32, one Winota list in this Top 32, and that had been a deck that was showing quite a bit of popularity for a bit there. Yeah. What? Uh, any idea what's kind of scaring those two away? Um, I think it's kind of quite hard to answer that straight up um i think like one of my one of the things i would say i've not really played a lot of winota so i think i can't really truly understand why it would be hated out i'm guessing like is it weak to burn is it i don't Um, think so you know burn can be a reasonable matchup against it yeah it can be a little middling at the beginning and i know if you know phoenix was never favored i don't think for winota like they managed to make themselves a lot more passable against phoenix but i don't think it ever felt great uh i think it was quite close right because i played against winota a bunch with phoenix and it always felt like um if you could answer like with winota i always felt like they were trying to build up to something right they were building up to like one or two spells that they might have had in their hand and when you can answer like Mm -hmm. the winota and the like sometimes it'd be like winota or like they can sometimes hard cast Toddler, but like a lot of time you were able to kind of deal with that. Like all their creatures were very like fragile. And the issue I have is like they don't play well into red removal. Like red removal can answer like the majority of their creatures quite cleanly. So that's something like yes. that's something that like the deck suffers from. I feel like in this metagame, if you're playing a creature deck, you want to be able to play creatures that punish people for playing red as a removal suite. And I don't think Winota does that. I think the best thing they have is like cards that like you know generate a token like voice of resurgence if it dies or something like that. But like mm-hmm. I think it's because like at the end of the day your your creatures aren't efficient into red removal. Um and that's probably one of the reasons why. Also, yeah, like probably doesn't fare well against the decks that are trying to hate out Phoenix. But the deck just yeah, ra- I think that's fair. I think the deck just randomly wins on turn three though, so that's obviously something to bear in mind. Um, <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah, so that's probably a reason. And what was Nev? Um, uh, yeah, you know, Nev is down, and I know we, we had Claudio on not too long ago. He talked a little bit about that. You know, he's been kind of favoring the Enigmatic Incarnation, which we did see one of in the top eight. I think the issue with Nev, like, it's just not very good if, like, blue, blue decks are doing well, right? Like, I just feel like it has to feel really bad trying to, like, fire off like Nevtolites into into like infinite mystical disputes right like I feel like it's just yeah, so clunky yeah. like I feel like Nev really shines when like creature decks are like dominating um like it's just like the midrange killer right but decks like Phoenix that are like creature com. how would you describe Phoenix combo like control like 
What is Phoenix? Oh god, yeah, a little of everything. Yeah, like, <laughs> Phoenix is a really hard deck to like pin out, right? Because it has like control elements. It's got like it can it plays like really good late game. It can have an aggressive start. Like it's just it's just really hard to classify Phoenix. All I know is that every time I played against um, Nev Mizzet, I felt pretty favored in the Phoenix seat. Um, yeah. It felt pretty good. It felt like I could like game one was a bit tricky because you didn't really have many counter spells for like the Nevs. You didn't really care about Nev. You only cared about specific cards. Because, um, like, Thing and Ice, like, yeah, they had enough answers to Thing and Ice, etc. But I always felt like you just had enough to get there, especially post-board, where you just brought in, like, Gusts and, like, Mystical mm-hmm. Disputes, and you mm-hmm. could still execute your game plan. And, um, and it just hit everything. Yeah, and you could bring in, like, a couple of Planeswalkers that would disrupt them even further because they had to deal with them. I just felt like Nev never had enough tools in its arsenal to be able to deal with Phoenix. Um like consistently so yeah and I just don't think there's enough matchups there that Nev I'd feel comfortable playing Nev and now Lotus Lotus Field's creeping up again so like that's even worse for Nev like Nev just can't be Lotus so if like Lotus is relevant again like yeah I just can't see Nev having a good time out there yeah I mean they could start main decking uh, slaughter games again but like that doesn't feel great no no and I think with Phoenix as well like a lot of the time you you have enough to still win without even with the slaughters games. I mean, maybe not the current iterations, like with like two win cons. Like I in general, like my deck building philosophy is I I really dislike just having two win cons. I always try and play three no matter what I'm playing. Mm-hmm. Like I would always play like if I'm playing Phoenix, I would always maybe play like a Crackling Drake or something just to give me something. But I can see like the benefits and costs of that. Um, but yeah. So, so let, let's talk about new things that are popping up. Uh, and I think this is something that I've seen a fair bit of, and I don't know if you've seen the same. Is there were two white green humans lists, and this was you know first weekend with the new set legal. Where were these? We at? already saw some people trying that out. Uh, this is still in the Pioneer Showcase. Okay. We had uh, two like white green humans. Um, so basically, you know, Thalia, Collected Company, Adeline, um, all of the good humans cards, basically. Yeah, I've seen this card. Um, have you seen seen these lists? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of performance expected. Like there's Neko, Neko, Neko played. I think there's like two in the top thirty-two, which three in the top thirty-two, yeah. three. So like, yeah, I've seen a couple of these lists. Like these, these look reasonable, but like maybe I'm being a bit premature here. But I think there it just feels like there's like maybe like one or one card missing or something. Like something like like a champion of the parish kind of thing. Like. Just some, or a mother runes yeah, or something just like, to protect your Thalia. I feel like it's like 95% of the way there. Like It's just like, maybe there's just like one card missing. Like Adeline seems like reasonable, but I don't really know. Like It's quite expensive. Um, yeah, I feel like there's just like not quite enough like aggressive creatures, like one drops. Like you're playing like Thraven and the Spectre, yeah. and I don't know if that's good enough. I feel like you want, like, as I said, like a champion of the parish. Uh, I don't know, but I mean, the deck looks, as I said, it looks like it's almost almost there. Um, but I feel like, yeah, I feel like these decks are just missing one or two, one or two, like, really powerful creatures. Yeah, we'll see if that evolves at yeah. all. But that is something that's been new that's popping up. Uh, anything else you've seen either in these lists or in you know any leagues you've been playing recently that feels like a new deck from the new format? Um, I've seen a lot. Of, like, Mono Red is kind of picked up. 
Um, like they, aggro, you mean? Yeah, like the kind of like chunky red, but it's not. It's like playing like Chandra's and Torbran. Mm-hmm. I don't really know why. It's not really playing any of the new cards. Like I know, like some of them play the two one. What's the two one that basically acts like an Eidolon? That card's pretty nice. Oh, the uh, cemetery trespasser. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. seen the cemetery te- trespasser pop up. Gatekeeper. Yeah. Cemetery right. gatekeeper. Oh, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that card. Um, Whichever one. Yeah, I've seen like there's one in the top thirty-two by DeLeon, who's like the trophy leader right now. On, in Pioneer, like they're playing like two cemetery gatekeeper. That card looks pretty sick. Um, mm-hmm. well, so are they playing uh, Chandra just dressed to kill as well, or no? No, Chandra Torture Defiance. They're playing like three copies, mm, okay. three copies of Torbran, um, four copies of Leyline of Combustion in the board, and two. Oh, I love Leyline of Combustion. Jeez, I'm not sure. <laughs> so I, good. Maybe I need to consider that. I played I, for my Chandra list. I played against them today. Um, Deleon, who, who this list belongs to, and they they managed to resolve Leyline of Combustion and. Um, Royal Vortex and I still won because they didn't end up <laughs> oh, no. well it's just because I played the mid-range plan right where I just played my creature threats and they just outsized their creatures and then they just when you play cards that don't really in, impact the board or interact with the board then sometimes you end up in those spots right where you have these cards like oh this is great against control oh but I don't have the creatures to make these cards relevant oh they play creatures and I'm dead um, hmm. but yeah Cemetery Gatekeeper is a nice one definitely think that card's going to be a staple in Pioneer going forward um, I I do want to say that Leyline of Combustion is so good against decks that have Thoughtseize it's good against oh, yeah, 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 yeah. it's a really it's, yeah. it's, it's a nice card for sure um, yeah. nothing else I can really think of the top of my head Um. I feel like I'm quite happy with the sets that came out. They've they've impacted Pioneer in a way like I don't really like it when a set comes out and completely warps the format, but I don't mm-hmm. mind it. Like especially sets that bring out one stupidly powerful card like Expressive Iteration, right? That card, geez, come on. Yeah. There's no need, no need to print <laughs> those cards, right? But I like cards. I like sets that you know give some like tier two decks. A couple of new mm-hmm. cards that push them into the tier one spot, like potentially chunky red, right? Like maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe like cemetery gatekeeper is enough to make the deck good enough. Um, mm. and like cards like Thalia, which I think is a really, really spicy. I mean, that got everyone talking, right? Thalia mm-hmm. coming to Pioneer, yeah. like yeah. that was a great, I think, a balanced creature to come in. Um, I've seen like a couple of red green decks playing cemetery prowler cards probably like i think like it's difficult right green right there's just so many there's a glutton of powerful three drops it's kind of like how do you how do you decide what three drops powerful than the other you know like it's really difficult so there's cards i don't think they will have an impact or change where these decks stand in the meta game um and yeah like can't really think of anything else um People are well, tr- fair enough. People are trying to make Jund Citadel good again, but I don't know if it's working. <laughs> it it just depends on when people are playing Graveyard Hate or not, or you know, yeah, yeah sacrifice hate. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we talked a lot about the Pioneer Showcase. I know we're kind of going a little bit long here. I did want to talk a little uh, bit about the uh, 103 person Paper Pioneer event in uh, Osaka last week as well. This happened the same weekend as the showcase. Do you mind if we just go over the list real quick? 
Yeah. Well, I can just go real quick here. So, is it Phoenix? Is it Phoenix? Is it Phoenix? Is it Phoenix? Burn, burn, Winota, and Soul. Yeah, and Soul is the winner. Uh, not not quite in that order, but yeah, and Soul yeah, win one. Is it uh, runner up? Then two burn, and then, then three Phoenix, four. and then Winota. Yeah. So I guess I don't know. Is this the uh, paper meta catching up to the online meta, or is this the is this how it's always been? You know oh. to. Uh, kind of quote the uh, astronaut meme yeah i mean well, i think i think this is this um event sums up pioneer quite well at the moment it's basically a hunter versus hunted isn't it like the burn players are trying desperately to get there because that's probably one of the few decks that has like a reasonably good matchup against phoenix but obviously burn has its obvious shortcomings so like you'll probably see less in the top eight because they'll get beat by you know, a couple of people that show up with vampires or like other decks that can obviously prey on burn, and then Phoenix is just up there because if you're if you're a good player, you should be playing mm-hmm. this deck because it has like its good matchups are good and its bad matchups are winnable. Um, you know, I will say uh, zero temporal trespass. So I think uh, I think they're still a little bit behind the online meta here. I'm still not convinced if temporal trespass is good enough. Right, I'll say it there. I think a lot of people. Uh, copied the deck because it came from uh, Guldicat, who is a very good magic player. Um, mm-hmm. So it's understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't mean their deck building is like 100% bang on. I think some people will just copy like decks from good players and trust them, which I would as well, but like doesn't... Is it the best card to play? Don't know. It seems to be doing the, the business at the moment, though. So... Yeah, I think... All right, so you know that's a pretty good cover of the meta. I think in general, mm. though, is what what we've been talking about. Um, anything last minute before we kind of wrap up the show that you wanted to make sure to get in about the current meta, about where you're expecting it to go, yeah. or anything like that? I think that's a good question. Yeah, where where are we going after this? What where is the Crimson <laughs> Vow uh, uh, set going to take us? Uh, it's just gonna take us further down the Phoenix rabbit hole, isn't it? Like, uh, I can't really see any massive changes to the meta. I feel like. The meta's either go- the meta's going to be warped around Phoenix, regardless whether we like it or not. Um, I think we're going to see decks successfully. Like a Phoenix, I, I, I think Phoenix can be dealt with, and but I don't think it can be hated out. I think it's too resilient to be hated out. Um, mm. So I think we're probably going to see consistently like the the format we had before. We were truly blessed with. It. Like the format before Midnight Hunt was genuinely like truly diverse, right? Like there was no consensus best deck. Mm-hmm. There was just so many like tier one and one point five decks. Like I never. That's why I played Blue Black for so long because I could mm-hmm. play it. Like all the decks were like really good. And, well, well, there was a lot of decks that were like similar power level, but now it's kind of clear to see that it's probably likely Phoenix is tier zero, and every then yeah. there's a lot of like good tier one decks we might see a ban we might thank see a you ban. consider sounds about right we might see a ban you <laughs> yeah know, we might see citadel pop up for one week and then disappear again yeah. mm-hmm. um about the usual yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I i agree i think uh there's probably a non-zero percent chance that we'll see a ban uh, i want to say it's probably like a little bit more than 50%. I'm going to say there's a 60% chance we'll see a ban this year, especially since the next set's not coming out until, what, January? That's tough. That You know, that's a good point, but I, I feel like I'm leaning a little lower percentage-wise just because uh, we haven't gotten a lot of attention on us recently, it seems. Yeah, so, I think I think the fact that, like, Pioneer's probably 
I think Pioneer's doing okay. It's not like, you know, it dipped a lot, but now it's kind of be steadying the ship yeah. a bit. I think it's still seeing the same amount of consistency of play it's seen in the past like year or so, I'd say. Um, I mean, that showcase had some big numbers, but we don't have another big tournament like that for a little while. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that, um, not in you know, they won't have a big incentive. They won't have a big incentive to mm-hmm. toy with the format well, because there's not another big tournament. Coming. Well, we've got a Pro Tour qualifier tomorrow, so I will be part- participating in that. Or today, if you're in Japan. That's true. Good luck in that. Thanks very much. Uh, you know, this episode will come out on Monday, so you guys will be able to all hear about why uh, Harry won that. Yeah, <laughs> well, hopefully. Hopefully. I don't know. I'm... I'm 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 feeling reasonably confident. We'll we'll see how it goes. Um, I managed to beat a very good player who was playing Phoenix today in leagues. So that was with this list. So that was nice. that was very um that filled me with some confidence. Um, but yeah, yeah. To wrap it up, I think and Phoenix is yeah top yeah. dog for now. Hmm. All right, that is going to wrap up our show here. So thank you guys for listening. Um, you know, this went a little longer than we thought it would, but uh, I'm glad we got to talk about the meta, got to talk about um, your deck in particular. And bannings. Um, as well as we got to have that little discussion about bannings mm. in Phoenix. Yeah. So um, if you guys enjoy this kind of content, we are always posting information about Pioneer. We're sharing any kind of big tournaments, big lists, anything fun and interesting. Follow us on Twitter at MTG Pioneer is the best place to stay up to date. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Yoshwenky, Y-O-S-C-H-W-E-N-K-Y. Uh, also, uh, yeah, check out our Discord. We, we're going to have all the, the lists that we talked about today, uh, the list from uh, both events. Uh, um, we're gonna talk, we have uh, Martin's list on there as well. So join the Discord. It's uh, in a link on our Twitter profile. Um, and Martin, anybody you want to shout out or uh, anything you want to promote? Yeah, of course. I've, got, I've always got the promos. So if you, if you enjoy listening to First Pioneers podcast, and, you know, sometimes you might think, oh, I need to wait. I need to wait another week for another episode. I want to listen to more Pioneer mm. content now. Well, <laughs> I've got you covered. Yeah, you're you're t- two of your favorite Pioneer players, myself and Claudio. Um, we do a weekly. We also do a weekly podcast show, which uh, you know we we might ask one of you two you guys to come on at some point. Um, Ooh. so we basically it's called TAC Talk or TAC Talk as I call it. Um, it's part of our team teams podcast. Um. So, yeah, if you want to listen to more competitive Pioneer, we will also provide updates on the metagame and where it's going. And if you really want to get as much content as you possibly can, not necessarily Pioneer, but potentially other formats, then please check out our Patreon uh, tag team where we there's a lot of good players there from various different formats. So, yeah, TAC Team 9 on uh, Twitter. Check us out. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. We appreciate your insight as well as the uh, competitive view you've always got on Magic. Mm. So glad to have you join us. This was a lot of fun. Um, Thank you as well, Ryan. And thank you all of our listeners out there. We are the First Pioneers podcast, and we are your go-to source for Pioneer information online. See you on the front. we are shocking out. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Sure, Ryan. (laughs) All right.